Hello there guys, what is going on? Son of Chelsea back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Got some interesting topics to discuss with you once again today. Um, and it's going to be interesting, of course, with this coronavirus because we have to address it at the start of the show. But before we get into that, I just want to ask you guys to hit that subscribe button and a notification bell to never miss an upload. As you can see this week, I've been uploading regular content about Chelsea. So to never miss an upload, make sure you're hitting that subscribe and notification bell. Um, and as well... Uh, Got a new podcast out every other Saturday. My first episode was released today. You saw a clip from it yesterday, but the full podcast, the full episode is online now. Link will be in the description box below. And as well, uh, Let's Talk Chelsea episodes are going to be uploaded there regularly as audio as well. So there's that too, but definitely go and check out the podcast and let me know what you think. Going to be continuing to do it in the weeks to come. Uh, but yeah, we're hoping to get to 5k subs in terms of subscribers uh, by the end of the season, but the end of the season could be pretty close to be honest. It could be suspended uh, if drastic action is taken pretty soon, which it looks like it may be because this coronavirus isn't going away anytime soon. It's only seeming to get worse and it's going to impact football in a big, big way. Um, the Times reporting earlier today that all football matches in England will be played behind closed doors under government plans to combat coronavirus that could be triggered as early as today. In relation to Chelsea, really recent news just before I started recording, Chelsea uh, cancelled training because some of the squad had apparently um, said they had some symptoms or were showing signs of symptoms. So, of course, training has been cancelled. The game against Villa seems to be still going ahead, but at the time of recording, that's the way it is. But it could very drastically change. As we've known, this seems to be an hour by hour thing at the moment especially concerning football, so much is happening. Um, Leicester players being sent home, Real Madrid players being self-quarantined self uh, in Spain. Uh, Champions League could be suspended as well as a lot of other European competitions. We just don't know what's going to happen. It does feel like we are reaching a tipping point now and something big is going to happen. So we're just going to have to wait and see and then react to it when it happens. But let's get into Chelsea and injuries because injuries have been a big problem for Chelsea this season. They've been a big concern. They've been a big issue, a consistent issue that hasn't improved. And, and in truth, in recent times has only got worse, it feels like. And a lot of fans have been asking questions about the medical staff about what's going on why are we getting so many injuries well maybe now we might have a few more clearer answers in regards to that issue with Simon Johnson's article for the Athletic Chelsea's injuries explained last season's legacy bad luck and reliance on youth and what this article really does well is it gives you some figures facts and figures about sort of Chelsea's injuries in comparison to recent seasons and in relation to rivals but also goes into specific players, players mostly that have re-injured uh, recently because that is something that has been of great frustration to fans, why maybe we've rushed back some players. And that may seem like it on the face of it, but apparently in, in relation to this article, it's much more complex when you look at the likes of Emerson, Christian Pulisic and Callum Hudson-Odoi, three players who've come back from injury and then uh, got re-injured and then had further setbacks to their injuries. In the case of Christian Pulisic, the negative reaction to training wasn't regarded as a setback, but rather as a young player learning about his body's recovery rate. In the case of Callum Hudson-Odoi, there's an acceptance that recovery from hamstring injuries is always a delicate process with variance in recovery time. The particular setback is not expected to sideline him for much longer. 
And what I find interesting as well is the article talks about Chelsea's injury record in recent seasons, which has actually been excellent in comparison to other teams. They have had fewer injuries or illnesses and enjoyed fewer days lost than their big six rivals in three of the last five seasons, including the 14-15 and 16-17 campaigns that brought Premier League titles. Though focusing just on this season, data compiled by injury analyst Ben Dinnery of PremierInjuries.com shows they have suffered 25 separate injuries or illnesses this season, a number of passed only by Manchester United though in truth most of the rivals have been affected in comparable ways you know Chelsea haven't exactly been way worse than other teams and that probably is fans you know emotion wise we probably feel it is but the stats show we are quite close to others in terms of injuries and players being out for a number of days and as well there have been injuries that have been here before uh Frank Lampard arrived N'Golo Kante Antonio Rudiger Lothar Sheik Hudson-Odoi four players that were injured uh before the end of last season that have carried over some of them have been longer of course you look at Ruben that's the longest one he still hasn't returned to first team football he's getting closer but N'Golo Kante has been on and off it's probably his worst season in terms of fitness and a lot of that can be tracked back to last season so as well there is that for, for him to deal with you know Reese James got injured on international duty at the back end of last season so that was a problem they had to deal with this year as well and it's about managing those injuries and I I think hopefully the luck will be on Chelsea's side a bit more especially with key injuries you know you can get injuries to certain players but it's the fact there have been so many key players this year that have been out and uh, to be fair to Frank Lampard he's dealt with it well he hasn't moaned about it and that's one of the things I really praise about Lampard because he hasn't moaned like other managers have and would have and knowing someone like Simon Johnson who is well connected I think you have to take uh, his opinions at face value and what he knows in terms of insider information and also the stats to back up that show Chelsea actually aren't doing as terribly as maybe we first thought but it definitely is a big frustration for fans and finally I want to talk about Tammy Abraham um, because reports came out last week before the Everton game that he'd rejected a new contract. This is from The Mirror and I'm taking this from Bleacher Report that Chelsea forward Tammy Abraham has reportedly rejected a contract offer and according to Neil Moxley of the Daily Mirror, he wants parity with some of the club's biggest earners. And this relates to, of course, all of the contracts that have been given to Reese James, Mason Mount, Fakara Tomori, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Billy Gilmore. Um, and mostly, of course, it's naturally being linked to Abraham wanting the same deal as Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, earning around 180 uh, grand per week. This is only natural and people have sort of linked this back to Hudson-Odoi and said this is what the effect, the domino effect of giving Hudson-Odoi that big contract was. You give young players big contracts, they're going to, other young players are going to want the same basically. I think my reaction to this and, you know, it's the reaction that I, you know, usually have in, in terms of, you know, trying to look at, you know, both sides. But I think for me, just the, the overblown reaction is always the same recently, especially on social media. Fans don't own players' futures. I know that sounds very obvious, but the reaction to Tammy, it's almost like this sense of sort of ownership people have that any time a player thinks about their own personal career rather than just, you know, being a fan of the club or showing immense loyalty to the club, and then you overreact to that and get angry about that. I just, I roll my eyes usually because I think it was the same when David Louise left and people were getting really angry about that. I'm like, players have their own careers and they're always going to go in their own way. And I think once you accept that, it becomes a lot healthier in terms of creating connections to players. But at the same time, just isolating it on Tammy, I can understand why he wants a big contract. You look at what he's done this season, given his age, given the doubts over him at the start of the season, scoring 15 goals in his first season 
at Chelsea properly, having all of this pressure on him to be Chelsea's number nine. Yes, he's had setbacks. Yes, he's had, you know, injury setbacks recently. He's had poor form. Um, he, you know, probably should have scored more goals. But that's all what you expect from a young player with, you know, the number nine shirt on his back. You know, this is a big thing for Tammy. And I think he's done incredibly well based off of preseason expectations. And considering Hudson-Odoi, his standing being Chelsea's uh, top goal scorer this year, why wouldn't he want a big contract? Why wouldn't he say to a club, if you want to back me, I want a big contract. Why can't I have a big contract? It's just logical for Tammy to do that. I think Tammy wants to say at Chelsea. I think he knows that probably his future is with Chelsea. And given Frank Lampard at the helm, uh, he's going to get chances. And he knows, um, even if he's been on the sidelines and, of course, been out of... Um, the picture recently, he's been Chelsea's one of Chelsea's best players, best two players probably alongside Mateo Kovacic. You just, I think that's undeniable. The goals he scored in his first season, I think, have been immense for Chelsea, and I do believe he probably will get that contract. I don't think it's panic stations. I think you know this is natural. You know, you think about how long Hudson Odoi's contract took to happen and took to be signed and completed. You know, it took a long time. Uh, I feel like this will be a lot easier, but it's a big deal for Chelsea and. Probably what Tammy's asking the club is how much of a statement of intent and, and backing are you going to give to me? Because there is probably that concern from him that Chelsea in the summer could go out and try and sign a Dembele, try and sign a Timo Werner. Even though Tammy's comments recently that he would like that to have competition from a from a, a striker, there is probably that concern from him that other club is just a one-year thing and uh, they'll go back to the same next year. But I do believe we need to put faith in Tammy. I think he can score a lot of goals for Chelsea. I've seen it already this season. I think the proof is there that there is a big striker in there who can score goals. Um, he's still learning. There are parts of his game that need improving, um, but he still is very young, which is great. And I think there are positive signs this year. So that is it for this edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Let me know your thoughts on everything I discussed in the comments below. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch this video. If you did enjoy it, hit that subscribe button and a notification bell to never miss an upload. Follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea, and I'll see you again.